It's time to meet the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. This is the Pipeline Podcast, presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tyre. Welcome to the Pipeline Podcast. It is excellent to be back ahead of another lengthy chat this week with Blue Jackets prospect and Cleveland Monsters forward Hunter McCown. And before we get into any more about Hunter and into this conversation, I'd like to reiterate what I told you at the end of last week's episode. We were delayed starting the Pipeline podcast this year just because I didn't want to overload you with CBJ content at the beginning of the Blue Jackets season. So we waited until week three of the CBJ season to get into the Pipeline podcast presented by Ruoff Morgan. If you recall, our chat last week was with Blue Jackets second round draft pick and University of Michigan forward Gavin Brimley. So if you haven't heard that, make sure to go back and listen. It was a great chat with Gavin. I love getting to know him. But we're going to get back on track after this week's episode. We're going two weeks in a row, Brindley last week, McCown this week, and then we're back to our usual schedule of every other week. So that means no episode next week, but we'll be back the following week. So with that out of the way, let's tell you a little bit more about Hunter McCown before this conversation. Hunter is a six foot one, 205 pound centerman who hails from San Jose, California. He's got a very interesting path to first the NHL and now the AHL. And I say first the NHL because he actually played NHL games before AHL games at the end of last season. If you remember, the Blue Jackets signed him as an undrafted free agent towards the end of the last NHL season out of Colorado College. He spent three years there and had a terrific junior season, putting up 21 goals in 38 games. So he comes out, the Blue Jackets sign him, and he goes right into the NHL. Played 12 games with the CBJ at the end of last year, picked up his first career points, two assists in those 12 games, but he's still looking for his first NHL goal, and he's hoping it comes soon. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But this year, he's off to a solid start with the Cleveland Monsters, really getting a full taste of pro hockey this year. Again, played 12 games at the end of last season. That's when the Blue Jackets were out of the race. So starting off fresh in the organization this year, he went to his first Blue Jackets training camp, and now he's beginning his first full pro season. Three points in his first six games as a centerman with the Monsters this year. Two goals and one assist. So yes, he has scored his first pro goal, but still looking for that first NHL goal. And he's really looking forward to this year. Really looking forward to learning how to be a pro, becoming a pro, and adding some things to his game. So without further ado, how about we get into it? Here he is, Blue Jackets prospect and Cleveland Monsters forward, Hunter McCown. All right, Hunter, let's get going somewhere very, very easy. This is where I start with all of our Blue Jackets prospects. How did you get into the game of hockey? I know you're a California kid. You're from Northern California, so it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do is play hockey in California, but how did it all start for you? Yeah, it's actually kind of an interesting story. So there's this game called Gawky, and it's like a foosball table, basically, but there's no uh, like paddles in the middle. It's just open and you stand on the outside with a little stick and try and shoot it in the little hole. But when I was just a little guy, like probably a month and a half or a year and a half old, uh, my parents, they were just talking to people. So they just plopped me in the box there and and I had the little stick perfect size for me. So I just started going to town and 
um i guess that's where it started after that i was asking about the sharks all the time asking to go see them and um that's that's kind of how it came about in california so your hockey career started by playing gawky when you knew nothing about actual on ice hockey exactly exactly (laughs) all right so where did you grow up specifically i know you're from the san jose area but were you right there like in it with the sharks so you knew what was going on yeah, so I grew up in uh, Almaden, which is like a little community of San Jose, um, and it's it's right in a, a little valley, so surrounded by mountains, um, and it was an awesome place to grow up. But yeah, from from the start, I was involved with the Sharks. Like I, I was always going to games. Uh, you know, we we would have like uh, seats on the glass and and all that, and I was part of the uh i don't even remember what it's called but it was like the sharks fan club um i had like my little membership card and everything <laughs> but um so i was i was big into the sharks for right from the start all right so where was the nearest rink to you because i'm a california guy myself but i grew up in southern california and the reason that i got into hockey is i grew up right next to the la kings practice facility that's like where i played growing up so it wasn't hard to get into it but what was it like for you like where was the closest rink yeah, the closest rink was probably 20 minutes, and that's the Sharks practice facility as well. Um, I think they've made some some upgrades since I've been gone. But, um, but yeah, it was a really nice facility. There's like four sheets of ice there. Now I think there's even more than that. Um, and But there's there's rinks spotted all around the, the, you know, the Bay Area. Like we would go up to, you know, San Francisco, Fremont, Oakland, play in all these different places. And, um, but we definitely have the the best spot, um, in San Jose, but, but I know what you're talking about with, with the Toyota sports center, because yeah. that was our, our closest opponent. So we would always be in, in playing there growing up. Oh, so you guys would come down and play the junior Kings. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah, that's a it's a nice facility right there. The Lakers used to practice there, too, but the Lakers have a brand new place a couple blocks away. Uh, let me ask, how old were you when you started skating? You mentioned like a year and a half when you started playing gawky, but how long did it take to transition to actually playing on the ice? Yeah, I think I was actually two. Uh, I don't know if you can call it skating, but like <laughs> I was at least in skates on the ice. Um, I think my dad would just kind of like you know, zoom me around on the ice, but it was a pretty, pretty quick turnaround from finding it to, to getting in, getting into it, getting involved. And when did you actually start playing competitively? I think I started in mites when I was like five. Was it something similar? Yeah, exactly the same. I think it was like called mini mites even. So yeah, yeah. probably, probably a disgrace to the game, what we're <laughs> playing out there, but, um, but we were having fun with it, but no, that's, that's where I started. All right. uh, I got to ask a Sharks fan for sure growing up, but were you into any other teams or was it all San Jose? Yeah. So actually one of the other clubs in the Bay area is the Santa Clara Blackhawks and they wear the same uniforms as the, as the real Blackhawks. And so I, when I played for them for a year, I was a huge Hawks fan and obviously it was right around their dynasty with the 2010s teams and um so i was big into the hawks big into patrick kane um i think uh i think i could definitely say I switched allegiances a little bit <laughs> back then um but that was that was my other team that i really closely followed oh there used to be some good battles between the blackhawks and sharks in those days so i'm sure you got to see some of those in person at the shark tank you mentioned yeah. patrick kane right there 
before I ask if there were, were any other guys around the league that you watched or maybe still watch to model yourself after, who are your Sharks guys that you fell in love with right away as a little kid? Yeah, so my guy right away was Joe Pavelski when he got there. Um, that's why I wore number eight for a long time growing up, and that's why I wore number eight um, was because of him. Obviously, you got Jumbo, Joe Thornton out there, and uh, Chichu and everything. Um, but I was a Pavelski guy right away. All right, so Joe Pavelski, hey, you haven't gotten to face off against him in the NHL. You weren't up with the Blue Jackets when they played the Stars last year, but maybe no. someday, right? Exactly. All right. Uh, what about other guys around the league? Like I was kind of hinting at, you said Patrick Kane, but I mean, Joe Pavelski is still playing. So I'm sure that's a guy that you watch to this day, but are there other players that you watched growing up or still watch right now where you say, Hey, I like his game. I want to take some pieces and add it to mine. Yeah. So obviously Patrick Kane was the guy growing up, um, but right around. So I guess it would have been my like U 14s year. Um, is when guys like Eichel and Matthews were breaking into the league. Um, and so that's really when, you know, you're obviously taking it really serious and, and trying to get to the next level. So those are the two guys that I've followed all the way up and still till now. I mean, I still watch them all the time um, and try to model my game after those two guys. All right. Well, that's a pretty good transition because you just talked about being 14 years old and that's when you try and take it seriously or start to take it seriously at least. But when did it all change for you? Like, was there a time that you realized, because I know you went through a huge transition with your family and moving from San Jose to St. Louis to really pursue your hockey career. So when did you realize, okay, I might be able to do something with this? Like, were you always the best player growing up? Talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it was something that was always the goal. And I never, you know, thought about it any other way of not happening and I think uh, my parents were obviously a huge key in in kind of letting that dream be a dream and and also be become reality um you know they were never gonna be like yeah that ain't happening or something like that so um I think growing up I think it was honestly just the you know the ignorance of being a, a kid like you're like why wouldn't this be the, this is what I want to do this is what I'm gonna do um and so, yeah, I think once uh, once you start to hear about like the national team, the development program, then it's like, OK, like this is actually how things sort of happen. And because, um, you know, like I said, growing up in California, like I didn't really know a whole lot about it um, and what the route really looks like. Um, but I think once yeah, once you're kind of hearing about that and you're going to national camps in the summer and things like that, then it's like, okay, this is, this is the route I see kind of lined out um, or outlined for me. I, I think this is what I want to do. And um, you know, then you just go after it and make it happen. All right. So how old are you when you're doing that going to camps and things like that? Yeah. So the first, uh, the first national camp was U 15s. I okay. think. Um, and so that would have been, yeah right after my U14 season, which was my first year in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you do all the state tryouts and then the regional, and then you get to the, to the national one in Buffalo. Um, and you're playing against guys that you've played against your whole life in tournaments and everything. And everyone, there's always the guys that are highly touted and you're kind of like watching them like, okay, this, <laughs> this, is, the, this is the top right here. Um, and then, yeah, at that camp is when they really talk about uh, the NTDP a lot. 
And that's when I started to hear about it and, and realize like, Oh, like these guys, like I said, Matthews and Eichel, like that I am aspiring to be like, Oh, this is the route that they took. So this is something I really want to do. Um, and, and then, yeah, it was just a matter of, of that next season. I played up like the U16 year, like most, a lot of guys do that. Um, and so we were, we had a good team in St. Louis. I mean, we had some, some good players. We have Cole McWard who just signed with Vancouver at his first goal last year. And, um, but yeah, we had a great team there and then I had a great coach. I had, uh, Al McInnes, obviously hall of famer. And, um, he was a big, big influence on me and, and helped me get to, to NTDP and achieve that goal. All right, let's take a quick step back. How did you decide to go from San Jose to St. Louis? I mean, that is a massive transition, right? And a big commitment from your family. So like, take me back to the McCown household in those days, what the conversations were like, who said in the first place, maybe we should do this. Talk to me about that. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of a wild transition for sure, but it goes back even further than that. We, uh, my whole family on my mom's side is, is Boston. And, uh, so we're there every summer. And when I was probably like 12, we almost moved out to Boston to play uh, for the South shore Kings, obviously families out there kind of made sense. Um, but it ended just ended up not, you know, being the right thing for us. So we stayed there. Um, and then, yeah, going into my U 14 season, uh, we weren't going to have, like enough players for a triple a team in san jose um so we were like really you know all right it's time to look elsewhere here so we were really close to going to both anaheim or la we we talked a lot with them and st louis was not even remotely on our radar but we had a lot of friends in st louis and they kept telling us oh like yeah we'll, we'll get you in touch out here like it's a great great city whatever we're like, yeah, like whatever, St. Louis, sure. Um, and so they put us in touch with the coach, uh, Jordan James, who we we absolutely loved right away. Um, and he, you know, was a guy that coached all those St. Louis guys like Clayton Keller, the Kachuk brothers, you know, the list is huge from that that age group. Um and so we were like, all right, like this actually might be something legit. So we went out, I went to the tryout. Um, you know, I made the team there and we were like, okay, like this actually looks like it could be a really good setup. And, um, you know, we obviously knew it was going to be a big transition, but we had a good setup with, uh, with a school there that, like I said, we had a lot of friends out there. Um, and it, it just seemed like, okay, this is actually going to be a really good fit for us. Um, and then obviously the hockey was a, a big piece of it. So we went out there and, and, you know, obviously St. Louis is a lot different than California, um, <laughs> but we ended up loving it. Like it was such a great spot and we had no idea going in what to expect. And we, we just loved it. So I still go back in the summers every now and then and train with people there. And it's, it's a great spot. Were you nervous at all in doing it? Like you're completely picking up your life and going to a new place for hockey, which I mean, that's a, a big commitment from your parents, which I'm sure you're really grateful for that they were able to do that because look at where you are now. But I mean, what were your feelings, your emotions in making that transition? Yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, I think back on it and I wasn't really thinking about it in that sense. I was more just like going along with it. I was like, this is what's next yeah. for me. I'm excited to play hockey here. Let's let's show up. Let's go. And yeah. 
also was easier too because um uh, we billeted a kid on our team in san jose and he actually came with us to st louis um and was playing on that team with me so it was nice to kind of have that right away but it's like anything uh you know moving to a new place with a hockey team is is better because you you get the built-in friends right away it's not like you're completely on your own um so it was fun and it it was a we had such a fun group uh there in st louis that it made it really easy to transition all right explain to me the next step in going to the development program like how does that work do you you know you talked about going to the camps and things like that but does the program contact you and they're like we want you how does that happen yeah it's just uh i mean they obviously have their have their scouts out all even younger, I guess, but especially that year that you're going into it. Um, and, you know, being in St. Louis definitely helped my case. Obviously they got to see me a lot more than if I would have been in California. Um, but yeah, I mean, I actually, this is a funny story. One of the times their, uh, their head scout, he was, he drove down to Chicago to, to watch me play. And, um, I I got ejected on my second shift of the game for like a brutal elbow. It was bad. Um, and I'm like, Oh God, like this guy came all the way just to watch me and I'm done in five minutes. Like what the heck's going on? Um, and, but it actually worked out because then I went out into the stands and they just came we just talked like the entire game and we got to know him really well. So uh, that that bounced in my favor more than I thought it was going to. Um, but no, yeah, they they talk to your coach and, you know, they'll kind of let them know like, hey, like this is what we're thinking on him. You know, we want to see a little more of this or we really like this. Um, and then, you know, ultimately they do their insane amount of background checks there and trying to get to know everything about the player. Um, and then I remember like getting the I kind of knew at that point I had talked to them enough times that I knew like okay I'm probably going to go to the tryout um and then I remember getting like the letter the official invite and that was a really really special moment like uh like okay this is happening I'm going to the 40 man camp um and then yeah so it's it's a process for sure but um it's kind of fun like it's you know it's the, your last you know, bit of youth hockey. Um, and you get to kind of have this goal right in sight, um, to work for. And at that point you kind of realize, okay, I might be able to do something with this. Like I might be able to be a pro for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. At that point you, you really are, are into it and you're committed for the long haul. And like I said, honestly, like seeing the players that you admire the most and knowing that this is the route that they took. And now you have the opportunity to do the same thing. That's like a, a big piece for sure. You kind of played a different role in terms of being a bottom six forward or a middle six forward. You look at all the talents there and there are a lot of good guys, a lot of names on your teams that you would recognize. I mean, was that difficult for you at all? Or do you think that that ended up kind of benefiting your game in the long run for where you are now? Yeah, it absolutely was difficult, but it absolutely benefited in the long run. I mean, I went in uh, just I, th- I was pretty immature at the time. Uh, uh, the way that I thought about the game, um, I think, you know, I, I wanted to play the way I wanted to play. And that was going to be it. You know, I didn't 
know that there was a whole other dimension uh, <laughs> to the game. And so, um, you know, I, I got hurt pretty early on, probably like four games into my 17 season. And after that, I was, you know, at the bottom of the lineup and I never really was able to get out. Um, but I, I had to learn, you know, some pretty big lessons through those two years. It was by far the hardest two years that I've ever had to go through um, where, you know, you're not playing and it's, it sucks, but there's, there's things to be learned in it. And I think a lot of guys, you know, it's, it's tough uh, when you're going through that to, to rise above it. And, um, you know, I was able to rise above it and take the lessons I learned and apply them um, to when I was out of the program and got to play the role that I was really looking to play. Um, I had already learned these big pieces from the program. So it was, like I said, really hard, but really beneficial in the long run. You've talked about kind of identifying those players that had taken that path and then you follow in that path. So I assume you always figured you would be a college hockey player, right? So can you tell me what the recruitment process was like for you and how you ended up deciding on Colorado College? Yeah, well, like coming from California, I wasn't really like tied to a school. Like a lot of guys obviously are from a certain place yeah. and they grew up with a team. But for me, I was kind of open to anything. Um, you know, my like I said, my family's in Boston, all my relatives. So I I really heavily looked into all of, you know, BC, BU and, and Harvard um and i just i was really open like i said like I, I wasn't set on anything i i went to michigan for uh a visit and um i was recruited by my future coach chris mayot there um but i ended i landed on colorado college and i had a great relationship with uh mike Havlin, who's here in cleveland yeah. now um and, you know, the, the ultimate thing that I wanted was to play and and be able to gain the confidence back that I felt like I didn't have the last two seasons with the U.S. program um, and really, you know, get back to get back on the track that I felt I was on and and also, you know, elevate to the next level. And so that's why I chose CC and um, obviously Mayotte came in my second year and um, things were just, it was a perfect setup for me. Um, the, the development that from the coaching standpoint, like they, they're a pretty special staff out there and they, they taught me a lot. Um, but most importantly, I got to play a ton and, and be the guy there. And, um, so that helped me so much. Um, and I, I was really grateful for that. Were you into the school part of college at all? Like, did you have a major? What'd you study? I'm always curious with different guys because, of course, some guys are there just to, you know, play one or two years and get out of there and head to the NHL. Uh, for you, was it a different story? Like, did you want that education? Yeah, I think I I wanted to be in and out as quick as possible yeah. just because that's what I wanted to do is play hockey. But I also was there and I love to learn. Um, and so I was a political science major. Um, and I had a good time with it. I really enjoyed it. Like CC's not an easy school at all. Like it's a pretty uh, highly academic school. So, um, it's not something that we could like really take lightly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it. Uh, but like I said, obviously I, I had a goal and that was to get to the next level, but 
while I was there, like I really enjoyed it and I'm, and I'm going to finish it, you know, however long it'll take, but I, I want to do that. So I'm going to get that done. All right. Let's talk about the draft because you were signed by the blue jackets as an undrafted free agent your year. Did you have an expectation that you might get drafted or did you figure this might be the route for you, how you ended up going? Yeah. My draft year was 2020 and I, I didn't really know. I mean, sometimes they'll, you know, just kind of take a chance on a guy at the program, whatever. Um, but after not going that year, like I wasn't too surprised just mm-hmm. because I had hardly played. Um, and so the next year with CC, um, again, like it was kind of a weird year with COVID. It, we, mm-hmm. Our team, had, we struggled that year. Um, you know, I was like, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised again if I kind of fall through. Mm-hmm. Um, that third year of eligibility, I thought that there was a pretty good chance that someone would take me. Um, you know, I don't know why why anyone didn't, but uh, <laughs> it really, like once, once it had kind of gotten to like the fourth or fifth round that third year, I was like, okay, you know what? I hope, I hope I kind of slide through again. Mm-hmm. That would be prime for me uh to go into free agency it's a really rare opportunity um and obviously you know I knew that I had some big things on the horizon as far as like where I was going to take my game to the next level so maybe you know if they hadn't seen that I was like all right this is actually going to work out really well for me um so you know I went I made the world junior team played there had a had a good junior year um and and I had I had the ball in my court, so yeah. it was uh, it was really a blessing in disguise to to have it work out the way it did. Um, and it's one of those things you just you never could have seen coming, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it worked ends up ends up working out great. So, all right, why were the Blue Jackets the right organization for you? Like you said, the ball was in your court. You had the opportunity to to decide which. You know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, like you talked about. Like, your dream is to be drafted, I'm sure, right? And you don't go drafted, but you end up being able to pick where you want to go. So that's a pretty sweet opportunity. So why were the Blue Jackets the right place for you? Yeah, it was a, it was a feel thing for me, honestly. My interview with with all the, you know, the management staff and everything went really well. I just, I got a, a good feeling from from them and what they were doing with the organization um, I've talked about this before, but Columbus, like I, I talked to, uh, like I talked to Cam Atkinson and, and he said, he's like, man, like you'll love the city. Like it doesn't get talked about a ton, but it is a really, really good spot. I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to be here, you know, settled down all that. He's like, I'm there in the summers, whatever. Um, so that was another thing that I kind of, I had a feeling, like I said, with St. Louis, when I moved there we were really surprised at how much we loved it. And I kind of got the sense it was going to be a similar thing. Um, So to hear that from a guy that, um, you know, obviously had a great career there. um, I was like, all right, that's, that's a good, good sign. And, um, but no, I, I also liked, you know, the opportunity here, you know, they really like me as a centerman Mm -hmm. and that's a big for me, I think uh, to, to be able to play the middle like that. Um, and, you know, I, I knew I would probably spend some time in the AHL as well. And I, I saw that Cleveland was a really good spot for that as well. So overall, it was just 
the best best setup best fit for me uh possible out of out of all the options um so that's why i chose columbus what about the opportunity to play nhl games at the end of last season that had to be an absolute dream come true you know you pick up your first nhl points you have you still got to score your first nhl goal but you had your first nhl points so i mean i remember talking to you in montreal before that game against the canadians which Anytime you go to Montreal, it's a special game. And for you to be able to do a few things like that and play with the Blue Jackets last year, what did it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Obviously, to play your first NHL game, it was like crazy how fast it all happened. <laughs> um, and I mean, I just loved it. And it was just really uh, important to get to get my feet wet there and, and you know, get a get a sense for the pro game to go into the offseason um and just have that extra bit of confidence like okay i'm familiar here with the guys i'm familiar with how it works um and so coming into this season i could just hit the ground running um and yeah i mean i got to play in some unreal you know arenas and uh against some some of my idols as well so it was it was amazing and i'm i'm ready to get back this might be a, a huge nerd question, and I think I've only asked this to Gabriel Carlson. I asked this to Gabriel Carlson, I think, on our first season of the Pipeline podcast, so four years ago. And Gabe made his NHL debut, I think, I can't remember if it was his debut this point or one of his first games was playing against the Penguins in the playoffs. Okay. Um, and so for me, like, I just love the adrenaline of sports. Like I love, you know, the, the pregame video coming out on the ice. Like, I think that is such a cool part of it all. You know, you're going to the music and everything when you did that for the first time, like, what does that feel like? And I don't just mean your rookie lap. I mean, when you're out there with the rest of the guys and the music's going like that has to be such a sweet feeling. Yeah. It's the best. I mean, well, well, first you, you're not ready. Like, obviously, you know about the cannon, you know, it's coming on goals, <laughs> but I didn't know it was coming at the start of the game either. And when you hit like, the ice. Yeah. Catches you off guard, but no. Um, yeah. It's the best feeling ever. It's just the, the, the peak of an adrenaline rush right there. Um, and even when you like sit back down on the bench and the puck drops, it's kind of like come down a little bit, but like, <laughs> I wish you could like keep that all the time. No, it's, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. I only ask because, you know, I always wanted to be a pro athlete growing up. And the reason that I'm in broadcasting is because I wanted to stay as close to sports as possible. So I'm always curious what it's like as a player, because it just has to be so awesome. What does it do for your confidence? I guess, having played those NHL games last year, does it do anything for your confidence? I know, you know, you're getting, even more of a taste of pro hockey this year. You've now scored your first professional goal with the monsters, but did playing those games in the NHL last year, do something for you confidence wise. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, with the familiarity of, of how things work, the guys getting to know them all. Um, but also, you know, getting a feel for, for the game at that level. Um, obviously you hear about it your entire life. And once you actually get to experience it, it's good for, for you to just be able to internalize it and kind of be like, okay, this is what I need to work on. These are the areas that I'm really strong in at this level. Um, and so it, it, there's, there's a lot to unpack. It's kind of like, you know, okay, I can have confidence in this area because this is the best of the best and I'm doing it really well here or, okay, I'm getting my ass kicked by the best (laughs) of the best in this area. Like, this is what I need to work on. Um, 
so and and being here in Cleveland so far has been really great for me to build more of that confidence where it's like okay now I can really get comfortable settle in you know play my game here um and you know just get get a lot of the nerves out of the way because like even playing those games last year it's still coming into my first NHL camp and there's just there's a lot to deal with that um is all just fluff but you know sometimes can be a real thing um so it's been good to get that out of the way and and really now I'm I'm to the grindstone all right the last hockey question I have for you before we get into some off the ice stuff what are those things that you identified last year or in training camp or the preseason this year where you say I have to get better at this then I'll be back in the NHL yeah well I think the biggest thing is playing physical Mm -hmm. um you know coming from college, I've, I've worn a cage my whole life, even in the USHL playing for NTDP. Um, there's definitely a different element. I haven't had fighting around. Um, so when I'm used to going out and being able to throw a a big hit or maybe a questionable hit, um, you know, I know I'm not going to have to answer to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, and obviously everybody's bigger and stronger, um, but I think that was a big, big thing that I found la- at the end of last year. It was like, okay, I'm a big guy. Like I, there's no reason for me to go into these, you know, battles timid or anything like that. Like, uh, I got to use my size. So, yeah. um, cause you know, once, once you're doing that, then you're engaged in the game and all the skill and everything else comes, comes along with that. But you know, if you're just trying to get to the skill stuff first, it it never goes, it never goes well that way. You gotta, you gotta do the other stuff first. So I think just, you know, getting back to playing physical hockey was the biggest thing for me. Um, and that's what I've been able to do here so far. So it's good. Off the ice. You already talked about it. Cleveland was a big reason that you decided on the blue jackets because it's a great AHL city, right? It's a major American city. There's lots of things to do. So on a day like today, you're done with practice. What is Hunter McCown into? Like, what do you like to do in your free time? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been exploring the city a bit. Uh, last Sunday, or yeah, so just a few days ago, my parents were in town for the first home games. Um, and we went out and checked out the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Spent, uh, spent some good time there. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I've just been, uh, I just am in this new apartment. So I've been really uh putting a lot of time into making it look good and everything and so that's kind of been what's occupied most of my afternoons after the rink it's like bouncing to a million different stores like i think i've made like four target trips in the last (laughs) week it's ridiculous um i like come home and i think of 10 other things that i need but um yeah, I like to read a lot. Uh, I'm reading this book right now called Sea Biscuit, and it's about uh, the the horse. Yeah, the, yeah. So that's the book on the docket right now. I've been watching some shows, watching some movies, um, but yeah, I think uh, the apartment is looking decorated now. It's looking good, but that's that's kind of been the main focus of the last week. So. So a big reader, Hunter McCann, a big reader. What is your favorite all-time book? If you could pick one out or I know it's a hard question because you do a lot of reading in a lifetime, but do you have one that stands out? 
I don't know if I could pick out one. Like I, I read a lot of history stuff. Okay. That's what like I'm interested in. So, I mean, I've been reading this like George Washington biography, mm. but it's like 800 pages. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I just kind of chip away a little bit at a time. Uh-huh. Um, but there's, yeah, there's a bunch of different history, like, you know, whether it's a figure or a time period that I, that, that I kind of dive into. Uh, I don't know if I could pick out a favorite, but yeah, no, no worries. That's it. You gave a good enough answer there of uh, now I know that you're a bit of a history guy. I am too. Um, what about uh, music? What are you into when it comes to music? Like, first of all, if you're in your car, just cruising, what are you listening to? Then if you're in the room looking to pump up, what is it for you? Yeah, I listen to a lot of different genres, but my main genre is rap. Okay. Um, I, I'm a big, big fan of rap. I, I don't, I mean, I've kind of always been into it um but probably like four years ago it, i really like got way more into it um why? So big, why was there a specific guy that like interested you or what how'd you get into it yeah i don't know like i i live in st louis or, or i was living in st louis and uh i just like found a couple rappers there and it's it's really it's ridiculous stuff but um i kind of went down that that rabbit hole and now i'm too deep to to come out of it but i i mix it up too like if i'm just cruising along i'm not you know getting in that headspace all the time um i'll listen to you know whether it's like alternative rock indie stuff whatever it is so you can mix in some classical even come on yeah you know hey sometimes i've had a long day at nationwide arena toss on a little classical get calmed down on my drive home i know what you're talking about what about live music you a concert guy like cleveland great concert scene a lot of big acts will come through there rocket mortgage Fieldhouse. i mean where you play there's uh, a lot of big acts there so uh you into anything like that you have an all-time favorite concert yeah, I actually really haven't been to many. Yeah. Uh, it's something I actually would like to do more of. Like, I think the last time I went to a concert was like Chance the Rapper in 2017. Like, okay, it's so a, it's been a while. It's been a long time. But like, I, I feel like I always, I never line up. Like, I'm never there when the guy that I want to see is there. But it's tough I, during hockey season. That's when everybody comes through, right? Exactly. Well, my one of my top guys was actually in Columbus the the day after my NHL debut. We were in Montreal, so I missed him. Who? Uh, his, his name is ESTG. He was coming okay. with Future. Oh, okay. Um, and he's one. Of, he's my favorite rapper. And I, I was, I saw that, and I'm like, oh. That's <laughs> but, but yeah. That's, so I've been keeping an eye out though. Now, like, I've really been trying to like follow follow through on like okay i'm i'm seeing who's coming to town but mm-hmm. uh, it never seems to work out I'm, i'll get to something here all right the last thing i got for you and i really appreciate you taking the time what's the group like with the monsters it's a good mix there's some veterans that have nhl games under their belt there there's lots of young guys top blue jackets prospects i think it might be the most prospects on a, a monsters team in a last little while here so who are some of your buddies on the team the guys you hang out with and in general, what's that vibe like there? No, we have an awesome group. It's like uh, the guys are hilarious there. They a lot of them know each other super well, um, and you know a lot of them. A few of them were up last year when I was there, so I got to know them a bit. Um, but 
yeah even i was glad i got to go to dev camp this summer because you know like you said i i didn't come i got it was my first time really being with the organization so i got to meet everybody meet all the prospects which is really good just to you know know guys that are going to be in the organization for a long time um but no it's it's been a fun like there's so many good guys here like you come in and it's just like you're hearing stories and everything and <laughs> like Half the time, I'm just like listening, soaking it all up because <laughs> I, I don't even know who they're talking about. But um, no, it's been a lot of fun. We have a good group here. All right, Hunter. Like I said, really appreciate you taking the time. Been fun chatting with you. Been fun watching you to start this season in Cleveland. Best of luck the rest of the year. And hopefully you and I can chat in person in Columbus sooner rather than later. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks so much, John. So there you have it from Blue Jackets prospect and Cleveland Monsters forward Hunter McCown. Really hope you enjoyed that conversation. I'm going to tell you, that was one of my favorite chats I think I've had with a Blue Jackets prospect. And I think it probably helps that I've met Hunter in person before speaking with him in this format. You know, I interviewed him a couple of times at the end of last year when he was with the Blue Jackets, pregame interviews for radio and things like that. And I knew some things about him, but didn't have the opportunity to get fully in-depth like we did today on the Pipeline podcast. And he really has an interesting story, doesn't he? Like, no real connections to hockey, just started playing as a young guy in San Jose, and then just fell in love with the game and fell in love with it so much that it brought him to St. Louis, uh, then the national team development program up in Plymouth, Michigan. Then he goes to Colorado College back out west before finding himself in the Blue Jackets organization. So it's an interesting hockey world, isn't it? Everybody has a different path to this league, and Hunter's was kind of circuitous. It was all over the place, right? But I was happy to see him play NHL games at the end of last year, happy to see him pick up his first points. And like I talked about with him in that interview, I genuinely would like to see him back with the Blue Jackets sooner rather than later. I think he proved that he could play in this league at the end of last season. Certainly has some things that he wants to add to his toolkit. I thought him talking about you know, wanting to be a more physical player was very interesting. He certainly has the size to do it. But like I said, I think he showcased that he could play in this league at the end of last season. So really excited to see if he can make it back with the Blue Jackets at some point, not just this year, but in the future as well. So with that, I want to finish things up by saying a huge thank you to Hunter McCown for taking all that time to chat with me this week. I'm really rooting for Hunter this year. Want to see him have a great rookie season in the American Hockey League. I'd also like to issue a big thank you to the Cleveland Monsters Communications Department for very generously setting that up. And as always, I can't forget about you, the listener. Thank you for being with me this week on the Pipeline Podcast. Remember, we'll be back with episode three of the Pipeline Podcast, not next week, but the week after that. So I'll be talking with you very soon.